everyone. Welcome back to the Thrive in EDU podcast. I'm Rochelle Vinay-Poth. This is episode number 24. If you've been listening lately, I've been pretty busy with some conferences. I was lucky to attend FETC, BET, and most recently TCEA. And I love conferences because of the learning, but really for me, a lot of it comes down to the people having that chance to be together in the same space and spend time together sharing experiences, learning about new tools, and um, just such a great opportunity to connect and continue to build your network. And so for this episode, I was thinking about you know professional learning and the different spaces where we can connect, how we can learn, how we can set up spaces for our students to learn. And I like to reflect on some of the ways that I've been doing that in my classroom. And earlier this school year, I was thinking about how I could be more consistent. And when I say my classroom, I don't necessarily mean just like the classroom space itself, but I also mean anything beyond that, things that you know are tied into the classroom space, like the relationships, um, connecting with families, having this welcoming and comfortable space for my students. And so I realized like these are all different spaces that we have to kind of set up, engage in and be intentional about you know, working with every single day. And so when I think about it as educators, there are so many different spaces that we need to be connected in. And it can be it can be a challenge sometimes finding the best ways to stay engaged, um, especially when we have such busy schedules and there's different demands in the work that we do it can be tough. And when we have benefits of things like these digital tools, it can definitely make it easier for us to provide more for our students, uh, for their families, whether that's during you know school time in our classroom space or outside of that space, but also for ourselves to grow personally and professionally, we also need you know our own space for that too. And I think as educators, we really have to look at it differently than we did in years past. And for me, being in education for a while now, which that's, I lose track of how many years. So we'll just say for a while, I can say that I did spend a lot of the first probably 15 years of my teaching career in isolation. And it was a choice that I had made, although at the time I didn't necessarily notice it. But now looking back, I can see how I just place myself there and why I did it. And I always think if I could go back and change things, I would. Um, even though I, I did participate in professional development, that really was only during school, when school had PD days, or if there was a local conference for like language teachers, and that didn't happen that often. Normally there were like maybe one or two throughout the year that I would go to. But those were the only spaces or types of learning spaces that were available for me. And granted, part of that is because I limited myself. And now looking back, I realize what's worse is that not only did I limit myself, I placed limits on my students because I didn't put myself out there and I didn't take any chances to connect, uh, to look for new ideas or methods to bring back in my classroom. I was just doing what I was comfortable with, teaching the way I had been taught. And back then, finding different learning spaces and ways to interact with other educators did take more time. We didn't have as many choices available like we do today. We didn't have all the technology. So it might have been confined to the school day or your school setting. And there weren't maybe a lot of opportunities to travel. And maybe there weren't as many conferences. Um, if there were, I'm not aware of many, but that's probably because I kind of kept to myself for a long time. 
But now we have access to so many different types of professional learning spaces that we really can find something to meet our interests, our needs, our time constraints, any of that. But we still need to know where to begin. And it's not with everything. It's not that you have to do all the things, even though I find that many educators are doing all the things. It just takes starting with one idea, one tool, one space, and seeing if it's a fit for you. And some people might say, oh, I love using whatever this tool is. And for you, you try it, you think, you know what? I don't, I don't get that. It's not the same. And so there's many other options out there. It just takes knowing where to start. And one space that has been amazing for me for my personal and professional growth has been ISTE. And ISTE has different professional learning networks, and many of them are focused on specific topics or for roles in education. And if you are not a member of ISTE or you're not familiar with it, go to the site iste.org and check it out. Always, there are uh, blogs and webinars, there's community discussions like bulletin boards, so many different ways that you can learn. So it really is a good space if you're looking for something to add into your day that may not take a lot of time. That's one. LinkedIn has become more of a social media platform for educators and professional learning. I've seen, and I know my own use of it has increased over the past year, but using it as a space to get resources, to share ideas. And I've heard a lot of educators talking about helping students to start to develop their own identities in that space as well. Twitter, of course, uh, PD all the time. And some people just really don't like Twitter. I never wanted to use Twitter. I didn't understand it. I thought it was only for celebrities, but once I started to use it, starting slowly with a chat, following a hashtag, and then adding to it over the years, I have been able to make so many connections through that, that I really wish I would have started sooner. But if you're looking for a space where you can ask questions to get some ideas, to build your PLN, Twitter is definitely an option. Voxer, many people may not be aware of it, but it's a walkie-talkie messaging app. And I used to have walkie-talkies, but this one works a lot better. But you can have conversations with people from around the world and use it to create like a book study, which is where I met a lot of uh, my friends from a book study of the four o'clock faculty. You can use it for a PLC. If you want to collaborate with educators on a certain topic, uh, if there's a virtual learning event, and I've used it with my students for project-based learning, just for a way for them to ask questions, to give reflections, and for me to give them some feedback. So those are just four of the ways that you can connect without totally worrying about like the space for that connection to happen and being able to you know, chime in whenever it meets your schedule. I would definitely recommend exploring any of those four options. And of course, if we're looking at social media, going to Facebook, where I even saw a commercial, even though I don't watch TV, but it happened to be on the screen. And it was a commercial advertising for the different communities that are available on Facebook, the different groups. And I know for myself, I belong to several different communities. Uh, for example, the Bunsey Educators, there's a Nearpod community, there are different augmented virtual reality platforms that have communities. And then even specific to what you teach, I know there's a world languages community, there's a Spanish teachers community, so you can probably find one out there, even if you don't want to post something on a regular basis, but just to look at the ideas that are being shared, or maybe just to share your own if somebody does ask a question and you come across it. Those are spaces that are available all the time 
no matter what your schedule is. So if it's three in the morning and you can't sleep and you're looking for an idea, you could probably scroll through Twitter or LinkedIn or post something on Facebook and you would get an answer to your question really quickly. And so those are just a few of the learning spaces that I've been thinking about and that I've been using. But we can also go beyond that and decide what are some ways that we can get our students to engage in learning beyond that classroom space. Not, uh, or we are not, I should say, guaranteed of the types of work that they will do, whether they will even be reporting to a specific location. A lot of what's happening is that companies are just using uh, people to work remotely and not having an office space. And so helping them to build those skills where they can interact in the physical setting as well as in that virtual space is really important. And so I think because it's getting to be a little bit of a longer podcast. I think I will stop with that for right now. And even though I always say, you never know what the next episode is going to be about, I think I actually do this time. I think in the next episode, I'll follow up and continue this conversation about finding the right learning spaces, but focus on the ones that we can use for our students, knowing that many of those are ones that can help us as the educators as well. As always, thank you for listening. And if you have questions, comments, you want to share your ideas, uh, you want to be on the podcast, even though it's only been me talking, let me know. I would love to hear from you.